You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 138 called 24 Websites Teachers Should Know About, part one. In this episode, we'll share the first 12 of 24 awesome websites that teachers can use in their classrooms to help with everything from learning a new language to digital claw machines for random name selection. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. for part one of a two-part episode series all about websites you should check out pretty excited about this one but i'm going to be perfectly honest i'm tired i feel very tired i feel like uh summer break is right around the corner and I, i feel like i hit a brick wall in that I'm I'm ready. Yeah, we're recording this in late May, which, uh, as everybody listening knows, that's a tough time of the year, and we're just uh, we're all just kind of grinding it out until this thing is over with. But these are these are my favorite episodes when we just kind of share out a bunch of cool stuff, basically, and that's what uh, that's essentially what this is going to be because we have so many of these things. We decided to split it up into a two-parter, so we'll see how that goes. And um, I don't know, man, maybe. Maybe these exciting tools will help revive you a little bit here. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I, I think it's just uh, the combination of outside world stuff, you know, sports schedules of my kids. All the makeups are happening this week and next week, and we're right in the thick of it. And, you know, exhaustion kicks in, but I'm very excited to do this episode. Uh, we have a lot of cool things to share. Uh, But before we get into that, let's get into some of the updates. Uh, We're about a month away from ISTE. So I'll be heading down there on Sunday. Uh, I think it's somewhere around the 24th or so of June. And then uh, we present on Monday. Uh, Next episode, we'll tell you the exact time and placement of that. And then uh, the only other updates we have is we're still adding stuff to the AI teacher uh, dot tips uh, website which is a part of our got tech site it's just a different landing page for all the ai tools that we're coming in contact with and uh soon i will be releasing my annual podcast blog which usually is sometime in june so if you have any suggestions please reach out to me on twitter at guys got Teched, and i'll be sure to check those out and uh really i'm looking for one episode within that podcast that you found extremely beneficial and i'll kind of listen to it review it and add it to the list that i have going forth but usually that blog is a pretty powerful blog for teachers they check in on it throughout the year and it helps them get introduced to some awesome podcasts done by educators like people listening to our podcast you know our podcast is listed on there just uh to throw it out there it's a shameless plug but uh, I feel like there's a lot of work that goes into creating a podcast and that if you're doing it someone out there will find value in whatever you have to say so just looking to highlight some some educational podcasts 
This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, great thing to bring up, and we're we're pumped about all those different things. I guess it's probably a good time to actually kick into into this list. And the the only thing I want to say before we do that is, you know, my favorite thing about these is that as as we re- do the research for this episode and put this stuff together, which guys did most of the legwork this time, but um, it doesn't matter because as as we go through them and check them out beforehand. I'm just firing emails off to you know other colleagues and staff members at school like, hey, you teach math, you should check out this uh, really cool website with like, let's just say grade level specific math worksheets. We'll put a pin in that for a little bit from now. But uh, you may wanna do the same because certainly not all 12 of these, or if you listen to part two, not all 24 of these are gonna fit your exact content area, but definitely a bunch of them will. And even if it's not your content area, you may want to share these out. So just try and keep that in mind as you listen to the, to this list. Yeah, let's uh, hop into it with my first uh, w- website that I really enjoy. And I'm actually doing this one. Uh, when I was in high school, I took Latin for seven years. So middle school and high school. I did seven years of Latin and I loved it. But... There's a part of me that wishes that I would have picked up a different language that is actually spoken and that I could use. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to go back and learn a little bit of Spanish. They say as you get older, it's harder to pick up these languages. So my three sons, uh, they're three, five, and seven. Uh, they're starting to take Spanish lessons from one of our neighbors who speaks Spanish. and. Uh, I kind of want to go along with them, but I don't want to crash their lesson with uh, our Spanish teacher. Uh, so what I did is I went to memrise.com, M-E-M-R-I-S-E.com, and I chose Spanish as my language that I wanted to focus on. And what you do is you go in there and you can pick anywhere from 5 to 15 words that you want to learn each day. And what it does is it will do the enunciation of uh, the, the, the words. It will give you what it means, uh, how to say it, and uh, usage, like in sentences and things like that. So they might ask you a question in English, and you would have to pick the correct response in Spanish. Sometimes they ask you to spell the word. So... If uh, someone says, you look very nice today, you would type in gracias into the uh, block and it will basically give you your feedback right there. And as you get things wrong, they'll just keep asking, working more of those questions in. So I, you might work with the same five words, you know, 50 different times and very easy to understand questions or type-ins or whatever it is, and you can ask for hints and all that stuff. But what I was finding is I I know very little about the Spanish language. And if it's a word that I already knew, I could say I already know that word, give me a different replacement word. But as I worked with all these words, I realized that I was learning how to spell them because I kept getting them wrong. And then I get frustrated because I get them wrong. 
So then I really pay attention to how the, the word is spelled with the special characters and things like that. And, uh, you know, when you're done with the exercise, those five words, you can go and chat with a chat bot. So basically a chat bot will start a conversation with you. Uh, you can hit the translate button. So if you don't know the words in there, which since I'm just starting, I didn't know them. And I was at a hotel and they were asking me if I wanted a king size bed or queen size bed. And I had to use the words that, uh, that I knew from that lesson to answer back with that bot. So there's some real world practical use with it, but memorize.com it's a uh, freemium. There are, you get a certain number of free lessons. And then after that, uh, it is around $45 for the rest of the year, or you can pay, I think it's $150 and have access to all 27 languages that they have and all the premium features. And that's a lifetime access. So 45 bucks for the year is not, is not terrible. I'm going to go through my free trials, see if I actually stick with it. And if I do, I'll pay the 45 bucks because I think it's worth it. Yep. Sounds great. And I'm glad you mentioned the, the chat bot because I was just thinking like how powerful are some of these language learning tools going to be? Once the AI gets incorporated in, you know, you're speaking with the computer, but it's it's so human-like that you can't even tell on how awesome that would be for something like learning a language, because to do that, you really need to speak it. You need to interact with someone who's, who speaks it back to you. And uh, now you don't need a one-on-one human-to-human ratio for that to happen once these AI things kind of start coming into it. So memorize sounds super cool. My, my next one or my first one is a little, it's not as serious as that, a little more on the fun side. It's called moreorless.io. And this is a game, it's a game website. You know, my head right now is on end of the year stuff. So I'm thinking maybe uh, one of those last few days of school, if I need something fun to keep the kids entertained, but we're not necessarily looking at learning content or completing lessons. This is the kind of thing you might want to th- throw out to the class or conduct as a class. Um, what this is, is a collection of games all with this idea of they give you a value and you have to decide is that value of a different uh, comparing value going to be more or less than that. It's hard for me to explain uh, without giving it an example. So there's tons of different ones. I just clicked on one that says Uh, Spotify listeners. So that's the theme of all the questions you're going to get. And when you go there, it's going to give you a certain artist. um, Like this one is, says Eminem. Eminem has 6,600,000 monthly listeners. And then it puts it versus someone else. This is versus Little Mix. I don't know who Little Mix is, but I have to guess. Uh, I think I should guess. I'm going to go with Little Mix has more. Do you know who Little Mix is? I have no clue. Okay. So you guess Little Mix has more monthly listeners than Eminem or less. Guy says more, and Little Mix must be fairly popular because Little Mix does have more, a lot more. Sorry, Eminem. Man, that's upsetting. Well, no, here's the thing. Eminem is yesterday's news, you know? I know, but that's the upsetting this, part. Yeah, but, but this... <laughs> yeah, we're old. Because we're but, old. But this, uh, you know, this is probably relatively new Right. So, and I'm guessing Little Mix, because we don't know who Little Mix is, is relatively new. And Spotify just blew up over the last, like, three years. Right. And then it, it's, it sort of builds. So now it's Little Mix is 17 mil, 
versus uh, this guy I know, Post Malone. Does he have less or more? What's your guess? Post Malone has more because he's still in the relevant, and I'm going to say it's going to be a lot more. Guys wins again. Post Malone is huge, of course, 51,900,000. And then let's just do one more of these because now I'm into this. Uh, Post Malone's 51 mil versus... Oh, man, I don't know this one either. J-M-E, just the letters, J-M-E. I don't know if there's a way to pronounce that. If you're a young listener, you can feel free to make fun of me. J-M-E, more or less. Well, J-M-E, I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to say it stands for Jonathan Michael Everton, <laughs> and he is less. <laughs> Got to be less. That's what I would have picked, too. Way less. JME doesn't even break one mil, 855,000. John get, Michael Everton, you got to step up your game. You got to get on it, John Mike. But that's the deal, more or less.io. Super fun time killer. Check it out. You can see just in that those few seconds of us playing what a good time we had. And I think it could be uh, a good way to you know, entertain the kids in the classroom as well as the year winds down. All right, let's get into my next one. I absolutely love this one. It's called Online Stopwatch. And Online Stopwatch gives you a whole bunch of different tools you can use in your classroom, such as race timers, classroom timers, holiday timers, name uh, pickers, number generators, sensory timers so it's all around time and clocks and tallies and things like that but the one that i want to highlight and this is the one that i found is under the random name picker you can go in there add your students names from your classroom and you can actually have it be uh one of the claw machines it's super cool so there's tons of different options classic wheels to magic eight ball, to gold coins and a pot of gold, to random card picker and all that good stuff. But the one that I like uh, the most is the crane claw picker. So you put the names in, signs all the names to a random prize or toy that's in the claw machine. You hit enter, it goes down, pulls out one of the prizes that has a kid's name on it. I think it's super cool. There's also one that kind of looks like uh, the Price is Right, a very uh, simplified Price is Right wheel that you can uh, put all their names on and it spins and it stops. But I really like that one. I like the little gamified aspect of uh, these name pickers over your traditional uh, wheel. I know there's websites out there that do, like Duck Race is one, and they race ducks. Uh, there are some other ones that I've also seen out there, but this one caught my attention. I thought it was pretty cool, and I thought it would be easy for teachers to bring this into their classroom just to change it up a little bit. Yeah, I was uh, surprised to see that one on the list because I've used it before in my class, but never to actually click on any of these other things. I just used it for the stopwatch and kind of gave up on it because, you know, like just going to google.com they have a, a timer built right in and that was easier for me but some of this other stuff is cool and fun glad to know that online stopwatch is still out there and it's got some neat stuff the next one we've got is called classroomscreen.com which i believe we've talked about before but it's it's been a while and uh this is one that i think is not going to go away just because of of uh its ability to help you manage that dynamic classroom where kids are all doing different things in different places and it's you sort of need to give them 
a spot to look to know what's going on, what should they be doing, how much time is left, what should the volume level be. And uh, classroom screen is that uh, thing. It's gonna put all that stuff in one place. They have a bunch of widgets, they call them, where you can build out a screen that gets presented to the class, projected to the class. And you can put all sorts of different stuff on that screen, such as volume level, like there's a little icon for if, if it should be whisper level or silent, because say it's reading time. They have stoplights um, that you can you know, switch between the colors, a dice if you're doing some type of a random selection, QR codes if you wanna share out links, there's polling that can happen in the screen itself, uh, timers, the list goes on and I think everyone gets the idea here. It's just a nice place to put this. I know a lot of these things I'm trying to include in, you know, if I'm presenting a slide deck, I'm putting a lot of that stuff in my Google slide or my PowerPoint slide and, and that's fine, but it's a little bit clunky because those tools aren't really built for that necessarily. You can get it all in there, like you can add a timer and you can insert a QR code and put a little icon, but with something like classroomscreen.com, it's all built in. So if you really start to use this and it becomes something that's a part of your classroom on a daily basis, you can even save screens. I think you gotta uh, upgrade to that. They do have a free version, but you know, if there's a type of screen that you know you're gonna use for reading time every day, then you can just have that and throw it up there in, you know, in seconds as opposed to trying to incorporate all these things in a slide deck. So. I like this tool a lot, and I encourage you guys to check it out if that's the type of classroom that you have. I will tell you, I didn't put this tool in there for that. I put it in because I knew that you were doing your amazing race, yeah. and your amazing race is based on time, and it's also based on quality of work, and it's also based on QR codes, and I thought that that would be an easy way for you to show the QR code that the students are working on for that particular leg of the race so I thought that would work in amazingly with your amazing race right all right let's get into my next one which is an AI tool and I put this one on here because I'm really trying to focus on AI tools that are going to cut down hours from our job and I'm more interested in AI when it comes to cutting down some of the tasks needed to check boxes and things like that and also to cut down time in which we use things, uh, you know, in the classroom that aren't personalized, that we don't really need. Like, I see people saying you should not use AI to write letters or recommendations because it takes the humanization out of it or the personalization out of it. And I agree with that. But there are some things I think we can use AI for in a safe way that is not shortchanging anything with our students and this one is called question well it allows you to import any type of a pdf uh, article whatever it may be any type of text into the site and then it will make multiple choice questions or fill in the blank questions or whatever type of questions you want and then uh, you can easily take those questions that it generated from that text that you imported uh, you can take those questions and answers and upload them into most of our gamification sites like GimKit, like Quizlet, like Kahoot, uh, Quizalize, all those, Google Classroom, uh, into a Google Form, all that stuff. So 
uh, I find this one to be extremely useful. I simply just upload a worksheet that I'm going to use in class anyway. And then instead of handing the kids the worksheet, I have the site make the questions. And then it automatically up, or I can upload it to Quizlet or whatever I'm working with and turn it into a game. And I think that is saving teachers a lot of time to do something that is just a formative assessment, trying to get the knowledge out of the kids that they, just so we could see that they have a basic understanding of the content. So I love this, uh, this version of an AI tool and how easy it is for teachers to use and implement into the classroom. I think students might want to use this also. I just came across something this past week. There's a girl in my chem class who, you know, they're just working on a project and she was flipping through a, a quizzes, quiz, uh, studying for a history thing she had coming up. I was like, oh, that looks really, uh, looks like a good one. Did your teacher put that together? Because I'm always curious, like, what teachers are doing what uh, within our school building. And she said, no, this is from a, a student. And there's actually a, a junior student at our high school that has started making his own website in this website. All it has is it's a housing bank of quizzes, quizzes that he then shares with other students to help them prepare for exams and tests in classes that he has had. So I was asking her like, why, why is this kid doing that? Is he like charging people? Cause usually the you know kid that's gonna put together a scheme like this is trying to make a, you know, do a little side hustle, which is great. But she's like, no, he just he just shares it out to be nice and to help people out. And I thought that was so cool. And somebody who's doing this type of thing might want to know that AI can build out some of these uh, quizzes automatically. Question well seems like a good way to do it. But that's besides the point, because my next one is a pretty cool annotation tool uh, called Markup Hero. It reminds me a lot of something we've shared in the past called Edgy where if you haven't been listening to the show very long or you don't remember in edgy and similarly with markup hero at markuphero.com by the way you can head there and insert an image or a pdf and then get a bunch of people to annotate that all at the same time now i'm not sure how much edgy has advanced it it, it does still exist um, but at the last time i checked it out you were fairly limited in the type of annotations that you could add with markup hero boy there's a ton of stuff i can't eat there's so many things you can add to uh, the document that you are annotating i can't read them all but i'll just go through some you can add uh, screenshots those screenshots can be scrolling screenshots you can add lines arrows ovals uh, blur is one that caught my eye because it's strangely tough to add a blur function to different things that you might want to share out but protect part of that document there's highlighter tools, uh, linking tools, cropping tools. You can insert images. You can add signatures. Um, there's different privacy settings. And what a cool way to share something out with your class that you want everyone to add their thoughts on or maybe even just a multi-page doc. Where you're essentially using this as like a digital workboard space where the kids are doing their, their work in this, almost like a, a cami sort of a thing just looks awesome. So that is that is markuphero.com and it's it, I think it's one that's worth giving a look if you're doing this type of uh, collaboration that requires annotation in your classroom. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought this one up because uh, 
you know, edgy is something that we've, you know, supported on this podcast for a while. And uh, edgy is no longer with us. I, I just got an email saying that they're being closed down, I think, oh. at the end of the month. Okay. So I think this is a great one that we put in as a replacement, one that does kind of the same thing, but... Maybe more. Maybe more. It's uh, newer. It kind of looks uh, a little bit more refreshed. But uh, like I said, I think it fits that niche, and uh, I think a lot of teachers can use it for different things. Uh, My next one is a very new one. It also has some of the uh, AI components to it, but some... I don't know, it kind of reminds me of like a Pear Deck or something along those lines. Uh, this one is called ClassPoint IO. Uh, ClassPoint IO is tied with uh, Microsoft PowerPoint. So if you use PowerPoint, this might be one that you might want to look at. Uh, you can download ClassPoint IO. It has a lot of features that's going to take your PowerPoints to the next level. They call it supercharging it. Uh, when you go in there, it's their marketing is a all-in-one teaching tool in PowerPoint. So basically, you can gamify your PowerPoints. Uh, it has a presentation toolkit, and it allows you to develop interactive quizzes in there. All right, some of the things that are in the toolkit are annotation, uh, text boxes, shapes, timers, and watches uh, are another way to you know, I guess, jumpstart some of your PowerPoints. They have name pickers built in. You could have whiteboard backgrounds, draggable objects. Uh, You could share a PDF and embed a browser uh, without leaving PowerPoint. And I think that's important. It kind of houses everything within the PowerPoint that you're working on. Uh, I do like the fact that there are several different interactive quiz types in there, uh, from your standard multiple choice to word clouds, the short answer to fill in the blanks. Uh, you could easily upload videos, uh, and you know students can. It looks like they can earn um, points or some type of reward system by doing these activities. Uh, you could upload images, and once again, this is all straight from the PowerPoint, so you're not leaving there. You could um, have audio recording in there, so students can. Uh, record something and and leave it within a slide. There are quick polls, and there's also a fun formative quiz mode in there. And basically, the ones that you get correct, you get a certain number of stars based on correctness and speed. Uh, kind of reminds me of a Kahoot or something like that in there. So really, it's just making Microsoft PowerPoint a one-stop shop. And it looks like right now you can Go to classpoint.io and you can use this for free right now or at least try it out. Uh, It looks like there's a basic for free. You could have 25 in your class. You could have five questions per PowerPoint, three draggable options. There's 50 AI credits per uh, PowerPoint. You could have up to three save classes and five question types and basic gamification. So, uh, if you're interested in that, uh, it looks like there's a lot there for the basic or free, especially if you're using PowerPoint already. Or you can go and get the Pro for $8 a month or $96 billed annually. So 
what that's going to do is make your class sizes go up and things like that. But if you have, you know, three classes that you want to use this for and less than 25 kids per class, I would just stick with the basic and uh, see what it has to offer. Sounds cool, um, especially for me, because I'm actually still a PowerPoint user. People look at me here like I'm nuts because so many of us at our school have switched over to Google Slides, but I, I never did. And I'm kind of glad that I, I didn't, honestly, because the stuff I've been seeing with PowerPoint, especially recently, is, is really, um, I don't know, I'm pretty excited about it. We've talked about a little bit of that in some recent episodes, and this is just another thing that looks super cool. So, good one, man, classpoint.io. My next one, I'm gonna do pretty fast because this is very specific. So I'm just gonna say what it is for those of you that might be in this world in the next few months. Um, and we threw it on here because summertime is coming up. And oftentimes, summertime is when you're dealing with things like building out curriculum. I know Geis and I have done this for the past two summers together. A little bit more this summer coming up as well. Um, maybe even lesson planning. I know a lot of teachers have all their stuff kind of mapped out for the first couple months of school over the summertime. And what we have is chalk.com, which is formerly chalk actually, it's um, been purchased by and all housed now under PowerSchool, has a really cool way to, to do this. So if you are in the curriculum planning world, or maybe, maybe you're running the curriculum planning for your school, I would, I would give this a look. They have some really, really super time-saving ways that are gonna allow teachers to digitally map out their curriculum, digitally plan out lesson planning. Um, one of the best parts about it is that it does integrate with a lot of the other, basically, learning, learning management systems, which I think is a, a definite win because people don't wanna be logging into 30,000 different platforms. They wanna do everything in one platform and you can do that. It's just one of the more one of the cleaner looking things I've seen when it comes to curriculum. I know the one we use that I'm not going to name, I find extremely clunky and you can get through it, but boy is it tough. Uh, so compared to that, this one housed at powerschool.com looks really really awesome. We don't always throw out tools like this because they're not super flashy and exciting, but this one was good enough we wanted to mention it. So to all my curriculum planners out there, check out uh, check out chalk.com, which will link you now straight to PowerSchool for a great way to do this. Yeah, I like that. I like that tool, especially if you do not have a digital lesson planner. I think this is a great one to stay organized, especially with the integration to Google. I'm going to get into my next one, which is creativefabrica.com. And this is just a collection of resources for teachers to use. Uh, there's several freebie options out there, but then there's also a paid service that you get. And the yearly access is $4.99 a month. But if you go on there and you get billed per year, um, it's $59 per year. I didn't really uh, go in there and make sure that price. I think I think that's pretty reasonable that's fair. and fair, yeah. especially for the amount of stuff here. So you can download all different types of fonts. I know I'm always looking for new fonts to put into my brand kits in Canva. Uh, so it's very easy to download fonts that you can upload into your brand kits, but you also have graphics and there's tons of options here from 
SVG graphics, the coloring books for kids, the logos, the backgrounds, all that stuff in there. Uh, there's 3D uh, icons and things like that. There's uh, different tools in there like create art, create text, create patterns and all that. There's crafts that you can print out for your classroom, especially around the holidays. There's some uh, needlework patterns. I don't know what those are, but I'm guessing it has to do with uh, <laughs> sewing, right? Sewing. I guess. Some, yeah, that's. I don't know. I'm not there. There's classes you could take, such as graphic design, circuit, illustrating classes, all those types of things. Um, you could get into tools, which most are are font generated. There's bundles. There's subscriptions. All this, all this stuff in here. So it's affordable. And like I said, you could use the, the free version for 29 days. And then you would have to upgrade to one of the other ones. So go in there. Uh, check it out. See if there's anything that you could use in there. I know that there's a lot of people talking about how they like the quality of these resources. So make sure you check this one out, especially if you're maybe paying for a subscription somewhere else. Make sure that this one isn't better uh, than something else that you're looking for. If you're a teacher that uses teacher pay teachers or some other type of service like that, uh, you know, maybe the $4.99 a month would save you some money too. So, Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, this is the kind of thing where sure you have to pay, but if it's 50 bucks, or, or whatever it was, and that's the yearly price. People are people are going to do that if there's value there, and it seems like there may be. So I'm going to actually do uh, two of them at once right now, which will end up being my last two. So I'll let you finish it off after this. Um, and I'm doing my last two together because they're fairly similar. Um, talking about something called Scratch Garden is the first one, and MathMonks.com. Both of these are similar in that. They are online, uh, I guess, I don't know if database is the word, but an online spot to go that is a, a collection is probably the better word of helpful educational things such as, so I'm on scratchgarden.com right now, across the top, it lists out what you'll find there, things like videos, music, coding. They've got a book, it uh, downloads, the last, there's a blog and a shop as well, but the thing that caught our eye here are the videos. These videos are short, they're funny, they're for younger kids for the most part. Uh, but if you're teaching a lesson on, say, form or shapes or probability, so they get to some higher level concepts too, they have these goofy little cartoon characters that'll kind of entertain the kids while walking them through what probability is. And a lot of that ties in with you know, music and there's downloads to uh, accompany each of these, which is always what I'm looking for. Um, and then some stuff specific to coding. So if you're trying to teach coding to younger students, maybe Scratch Garden is a place you want to go. So that's a really great one. And then the, the second one, my last one, mathmonks.com. There's tons of sites like this out there, especially for math. What we like about this one is very, very simple where you click the grade level and you click the subject and then it's gonna blast out all the stuff it has. So if I teach seventh grade uh, number theory, that probably doesn't make sense because I don't think seventh graders are studying number theory, but whatever, let's just say I wanna do that. Those buttons are right there on the home page. Let's do this, 11th grade number theory. I can click both of those buttons and it's gonna give me a bunch of really awesome resources geared towards that specifically. 
um, as well as, you know, just some specifics on here. There's all sorts of simulations, worksheets, different types of calculators, just a really, really cool math resource that I, I think any math teacher is going to want to check out and share with the kids, mathmonks.com. Both quality resources, especially for the niche that they fit in. All right, I'll do my last one. It's called wordwall.net. Uh, their basic line is the easy way to create your own teaching resources. So what you do here is they say it's as easy as one, two, three. You pick a template, you enter your content, and then you can print out your activities or play on a screen. So their templates are basically just different interactive exercises, whether they're matchups, just a regular quiz, uh, you're sorting things into groups, you're matching pairs, you're picking a random card, unjumbling a word line or just a word. You can make crossword puzzles. You could have them uh, drop pins onto diagrams to label certain parts of the diagram. Uh, there's a game show quiz, flashcards, things like those. Whack-a-moles in there. So I have to say that one. That one looks Love fun. That. Uh, there's a free version. Uh, you get a five activities for free. Uh, I did not try this out yet. I did. I did try it out as far as making one activity, but I didn't see if when I got rid of that activity, if it would you know allow you to do five more. So, but you can share these pretty easily with your students and other staff members. It looks like you have to have the upgraded version to print them out, but if you're just using it on their Chromebooks, it seems to work fine there. So this is wordwall.net. love it and I, I love all these that's our first 12 everyone we're gonna stop it here because these these types of episodes always take us a long time because we want to share a lot of stuff and talk briefly about each one so at this point part one has been completed if you want more you're gonna want to check out part two which is coming out soon or maybe it's already out depending on when you're listening to this and we'll close it by asking you to do the same things we always do, like subscribing on Apple, hopefully, or Spotify, hopefully, Google as well, Stitcher, YouTube. Uh, you can find our YouTube channel. We've got tons of videos coming out all the time. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram too, although we haven't put much there in a while. Um, write us a review as well. The reviews help the most. Our website is gottech.com where you can find episodes and all kinds of other stuff, as well as the Teach Better podcast network that we are a part of, along with lots of other excellent podcasts and lots of other great resources in general. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geis and I individually at Geis Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.